There's the dog. All righty. Welcome back to the episode of Two Plane Sports. Today, you guys, if you joined us earlier today, today is September 17th. OU just beat Nebraska 49 to 14. Um, even I, I thought Oklahoma was going to beat them by more than 11 points, obviously, with my bet uh, on Friday's video. I honestly didn't expect OU to only allow 14 points, and arguably they truly only allowed seven because I'm not going to count that last touchdown really as, you know, the fault of the defense. It was just, you know, second second string and third string kind of guys. Um, great game. So we're going to recap that. Initial thoughts. We're going to go more in depth on Monday's video, but we thought it would be important to get a, get a quick reaction video and get your guys' opinion on it. Um, so also we're giving away tickets for next week's game, a big-time game against Kansas State. Hopefully OU is going to go to 4-0, uh, 7 p.m. on Fox. Um, we're going to give away a pair of tickets. If you'd like to be a part of that uh, for your chance to win, be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and uh, turn the notification bell on. And then you have to comment uh, done. And then what you know? What uh, what's your initial reaction to this to this game? You know what did what did you like? What didn't you like? I, in my opinion, there was not much to not like about this game. Uh, but we're going to get into it. So Jose, I'm going to give you the floor. What do you think? Well. I will gladly say that I was wrong. I bet on Nebraska to cover the 10 and a half. I really thought, you know, typically when you see a head coach get fired from, a, especially from a program that's got a pretty big brand, I know they haven't been good, but they still have a notoriety. Like when someone thought, thinks about Nebraska football, they still think of the good old days, but they absolutely stink that. I don't know what I was thinking. Definitely should have taken Oklahoma by 20 um this team looked like they had everything figured out they every single person studied exactly how they should have all the coaches knew exactly what was happening even with the i guess enigma of of mikey joseph because you know he is the first time head coach you really don't know what he's going to put out there we took care of him like yeah the first drive it I really wasn't concerned when, when they went up seven zero on us. Like we, when we talked about it on here, I expected it to be a close first half, but after they scored that first touchdown, that defense wanted to show like, all right, they, they punched us in the gut, but they're not going to get another one on us. And they did it. Like you said, that last touchdown really like, yeah, it counts on the scoreboard, but it really shouldn't count on the stat sheet. Like, it was very like we were pretty deep into our bench at that point for a road game. Obviously, if it was a home game, we probably would have been even deeper. This is probably the one game I would not have expected to put out so many backups, but we put we put out a lot of backups, especially to start the second half. Jaron Kanick, that dude, we talked about him all summer. We talked about him when he committed to Oklahoma. We've talked about him leading up to the season. He got his opportunity today. Deshaun White better hope that he never has to leave a game again because if he does jaron canick is taking a spot and he's not going to give it up that jaron canick led the team in tackles with 10 total tackles and he really only played a half like deshaun white got ejected towards the end of the first half and then jaron canick took over and it really wasn't it really doesn't seem like deshaun white might get an opportunity to take it take it again and I was watching Venable's presser after the fact, and he pretty much said, Jaron Koenig really has no idea what the hell he's doing. He's just that naturally talented. Imagine what's going to happen when he does know what he's doing. 
a linebacker core with Danny Stutzman next year, Jaren Kanick, and let's just say Kobe, a Kobe McKenzie or a Kip Lewis. That's going to be insane. Yeah, I, I mean, as much as it's unfortunate Deshaun White got ejected, and, and we can't discount, you know, Deshaun White was having a game. He really was. He looked great. Um, I think I think we talked about it even in the beginning or earlier today on our live stream, the pregame. I think we talked about Deshaun White potentially being one of the big, big contributors, big time players of the of the game. And he was on that way. I mean, he he was playing well and unfortunately made, you know, a boneheaded decision. I mean, it's a split second decision. So sometimes I don't I don't fault the guy because everything's moving so fast. Uh, luckily, it was on you know, during the end of the first half. So he's going to be able to play starting, you know, against K-State, assuming that he's going to get a starting spot back, which I believe he will. I don't think Jaron Kanick will take it back because like Venable said, Kanick really doesn't know exactly what he's he's doing quite yet. But I do agree. If if this is where he, he's just running around, has no idea, and this is his floor, his ceiling is, his floor is so high that it's, higher than some other guys best you know if oh, you yeah. know what i'm saying like his floor is so high it is it's impressive um jalen redmond man he got after casey thompson i mean overall that defensive line ethan downs we've been asking you know where's the ethan downs where is this i mean you know reggie Grimes has been racking up the sacks of the first couple games but ethan downs really hasn't been on the stat sheet but ethan downs looked like a menace and he I think he's the best defensive end on this team, even though Reggie Grimes has been tearing it up. I mean, don't get me wrong. Reggie Grimes is very good. I think Ethan Downs is the best defensive end Oklahoma has. It's like 1A, 1B. Um, They both look really good. Overall, the push that Oklahoma was getting, they were throwing blitzes. Casey Thompson had no idea where he was coming, neither did the offensive line. They looked lost. They looked confused. And this was finally where we saw both the offense and the defense. It's like a fully installed scheme. I mean, it was complicated. People were running around. I think Urban Meyer talked about it before the kickoff, I think on the Fox uh, Big Noon kickoff game or pregame show. He was talking about why it's so difficult to play against Venables is because these linebackers are walking everywhere. The defensive linemen are walking everywhere. It's just, it's tough. It's tough, and you can't forget about Jonah Loalu. Uh, he made a big time tackle, a uh, big time sack as well. I mean, it it was dominant. Dude, the defense, the defense is, and we talked about it in Wednesday's video when we previewed it. It was all about the defense. I think even with the questions coming into the the season, the biggest question was, can this offense still be explosive with Levy? the levy hire, I really didn't have any questions about it. Clearly it was just how long will it take to acclimate? They did an amazing job. Dylan Gabriel's 61 yard run to start the scoring of Oklahoma was insane. I knew he had wheels, but I didn't know he had that kind of speed on him. Like he beat everyone. There's really no reason why. And I am still extremely confident in that take from, from earlier in our, in the season when, I said, I think we both agreed. Dylan Gabriel could get a spot in New York when it's all said and done at the end of the year. And this game is just step one to doing that. If he keeps doing what he did today, still very clean, no turnovers uh, from him. We had our first turnover today on the offensive side, and it was uh, in the second half when Davis Bevel fumbled the snap. It's unfortunate, but like really, like Oklahoma has 
essentially Oklahoma has zero turnovers when it's the, the number ones versus number ones. Oklahoma keeps the ball safe. Dylan Gabriel is not putting the ball in danger. He could have had more touchdowns. He missed Jalil Farouk on a wide open Man. pass. Like if he got if he got Jalil Farouk, Jalil would have just absolutely taken that to the house and had two touchdowns today. Jalil showed up today. He got a touchdown on a beautiful dime to the uh, front corner of the of the end zone. I just think this offense is starting to click. This defense is doing what it needs to do. Not not letting the Nebraska offense, who has been very explosive their first three games, even score 21 points, the defense is going in the right direction. Yeah, I mean, you know, continuing to talk about the defense, you know, one of the big um, – big point of emphasis I you know we we previewed before was Anthony Grant you know he was averaging over 100 yards a game comfortably I think it was 428 and five touchdowns before coming in he had 13 carries for 36 yards that's nothing I mean I, that's impressive um you know they bottled him up and you know what I also noticed I don't know if you saw it so in the very beginning, Kenai Walker in most of the game, Kenai Walker played a lot. And I think that's because Trey Palmer and uh, Marcus Washington, they're both like 6'1", 6'2", each. And Jaden Davis is, you know, 5'10", 5'11", depending on where you look. And I think they wanted a little more length out there. And Kenai Walker, I mean, not saying that he's going to be the starter going forward uh, or Jaden Davis isn't, I don't know, but... I do think that we're when we're matching up against teams with bigger receivers, you'll see Woody out there. Woody Washington's going to play, but you might see Kenai Walker, like in this game, get more get more playing time because he's just a bigger guy and can match up. And not that Jaden Davis uh, couldn't in that one defensive pass interference uh, that was called against him. Trey Palmer pushed off on him and initiated the contact, and then he came right back to him and. I mean, that's one of those plays where you just let it go because both parties are guilty and just forget about it. Um, but really, there's I don't have any issues with the defense, nothing to complain about. Um, I mean, when you only give up 129 yards passing to Casey Thompson, he looked confused. He was running for his life. He was getting hit left and right. I don't have any any complaints. And this team, this defense, and this is only week three, this looks like – this team is turning into a playoff team and I wish Brandon could see this. Yeah, I agree. This, this is another level. I think going into the year, you and I were more skeptical and he was very, um, you know, rose, what is it? Rose colored glasses or whatever. Um, yeah. But once game one start after game one, you and I were like, holy shit, this team looks yeah. like it can be something. And he was like, this yeah. team kind of sucks. Like, no, yeah. that, that's not the case. Like the defense has improved every single week and there's no doubt about it. I mean, last week, how many points did we give up to Kent state? Three, three, three. This, this was the we most we've ever given up. Yeah. This is the many, this is the most touchdowns Oklahoma has given up this season. 14 points, two touchdowns, and again, like we said at the beginning, really only one. Like that last one, it counts on the scoreboard, but it should not count in like the eyes of someone voting for voting for where the ranking should be. Oklahoma stamped their – I think this is a big stamp in their resume for the year. I know Nebraska sucks, but it's still a game where people thought 
not only because Nebraska fired Scott Frost, the emotions behind that program, but they still believe Nebraska could challenge Oklahoma because of last year's game. The biggest thing, the biggest difference between last year's game and this year's game, and really the only difference is the head coach, Lincoln Riley versus Brent Venables. A guy that Brent Venables, a guy that's going to be fired up for every single game versus Lincoln Riley. Well, I don't, I'm not going to speak for his time at USC right now, but his time at Oklahoma, he was definitely getting very much like, we're going to win this game. Who cares? Didn't really seem like he cared. There was very minimal discipline. And we talked about it even last year when we were, when we were um, talking about the game previews and even in the, in the reaction videos we posted, there was always an issue. Perry on Winfrey had some boneheaded mistakes. The offensive line would make boneheaded mistakes. There would always be dumb, dumb penalties because the emotions wouldn't be kept in check. And it was always on Lincoln Riley, not putting discipline into the team. We're seeing what discipline goes in, how discipline helps a team win and not make mistakes. There was a, it was a, I would essentially a mistake free game for Oklahoma. I can't recall a flag ever being thrown against Oklahoma where you're like, that was a dipshit mistake on on the on Deshaun White Deshaun White yeah Deshaun White yeah Yeah, that was dumb but like again like you said it's it's defense like yeah it was definitely targeting but he didn't hurt anyone there was luckily there was no injuries for either him or the or Casey like it yes it sucks but it'll be all right like that's something that can easily just be told like hey keep your head up next time Like, like that's not a hard fix it's not a matter of discipline that's just a matter of knowing what what's happening and like it's, it's really not discipline i don't believe it is because it hasn't happened yeah. repetitively for multiple people I, i'm excited for this team every game that i watch for them makes me believe more and more in where this program is going to be at the end of this year yeah and this is really the next game and i, I will get i want to talk about the offense but the next game if ou rolls back home plays prime time on fox at seven o'clock six o'clock seven o'clock whatever it is and thumps Kansas State. I mean, just beats it, breaks off them like they did with Nebraska. That's what I'm gonna be like. I mean, I'm already almost there, but with them coming off of this, you know, this is a rivalry game coming back and taking care of business against Kansas State. This is going to this is where you just start start elevating. And I tell you what, I would not be surprised after this game, especially if OU jumps Clemson in the in the AP poll. I mean, I if Clemson kind of looks lackadaisical, DJ Uogale or however you say his name, Uogale or whatever, struggles, you could see OU jump ahead. Um, but looking, look at the offense, and we'll start with the offensive line. I mean, just like the defensive line, it looked really, really strong. The offensive line had a really good game. And in both sides of the ball, you could see the impact that Schmitty was having um, or is having on this program already. And he's you know only been – been with the program since January. They looked to part, they looked ready to play, and they weren't getting pushed backwards. So granted, you know, a few few times here and there, and that's that's gonna happen. That's fine. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure Guyton started. He did. Yes. Tyler Guyton started, but you saw Wanya Morris come in. And I felt like when Wanya was in there, I felt like the I think this. I think this offensive line is going to be just fine. I really do. And looking at the running back position, Eric Gray, eleven carries, one hundred thirteen yards, 
two touchdowns. I mean, 10, 10.3 yards of carry. He's efficient. Um, I, I, Eric Gray is that guy. And I, you know, Marcus Major, he didn't average, you know, he averaged about three yards of carry, but he scored two touchdowns. Braden Willis has a perfect quarterback rating. Um, I just, it, it was great. Yeah, the offense looked amazing. But I mean, talking about the running backs, we talked about it in our pregame show. I think today, Eric Gray solidified himself as RB1. And Marcus Majors RB2, we talked about it. I was a big, I wouldn't say a hater because I never said he sucks, but I was definitely a doubter because he hadn't put it out on the field. Marcus Major is going to contribute, but he's not RB1. And I think people need to just suck it up and realize that he's not RB1. Eric Gray is the number one running back and Marcus Major is a situational running back where he's going to get the ball in the red zone. He's going to get his opportunities to score the ball. I would not be surprised if at the end of the year, once we're done with the big 12, even through the conference championship, Marcus Major will have more touchdowns than Eric Gray. And that is fantastic because he's doing his job in the red zone. But Mark, but Eric Gray will be the one that's leading this, helping lead this offense down the field, especially when it comes to having a long to, to having a longer field on for the offense. On with the wide receivers, Marvin Mims had an absolute game, but it wasn't fully because of his receiving abilities. On special teams, it really seemed like every time he was going back to catch a punt he had an opportunity to score and I know he didn't. And if that's not really that big of a deal, I'm not disappointing. He did disappointed that he didn't, but every time it watching it, it seemed like this is going to get 15 to 30 yards every time. And there's no doubt about it. I mean, I don't know if the punter was bad, if he just didn't put enough hang time on it for Nebraska, but Marvin Mims had his way on special teams and on, and for receiving, he did what he wanted to when he had the ball. Yeah, it's unfortunate that Marvin didn't uh, didn't score that touchdown. It is what it is. Um, and he would have scored another touchdown if he hadn't gotten tackled because he toasted that corner badly. Uh, I think it was in the second first. Or, it was late first or second quarter. I can't remember. Uh, he got tackled before the ball even got there, and it was a beautiful ball, perfect. He would have scored there. Um, he sh- probably should have scored on that one that, you know, got, he didn't put his foot in the ground, you know, on in, in the end zone. Um, he had a great game. I love seeing Jalil Farouk. Brandon would be very excited about his performance today. Finally, it seemed like the emergence there. Um, he should have scored another touchdown. You alluded, alluded to it earlier. Uh, he toasted his, his guy and Dylan just missed him. I mean, it happens. Uh, I was happy to see Weiss uh, get himself a touchdown. Uh, he seemed like, you know, he he's definitely wide receiver two, three, you know, him and Farouk are going to be competing. Uh, Drake Stoops got a few catches. Um, and I thought it was also cool that Caden Helms got one. Um, I know it's late in the game, but, you know, that's a homecoming for him being from Nebraska. Um, you know, Dylan Gabriel overall, you know, he had what, three total touchdowns, 200, like 300 total yards, a pretty efficient day. I can't complain. Yeah, he missed a few throws, but you can't be perfect. And it's only week three. Remember, I still think that they have not reached their peak or their best yet. And I think by the Texas game, you're going to see the best of this team. And I still feel like they've got more to go because they have the ability and they just are learning as they're going. 
Yeah, on the schedule at this point, there's only one game where you can kind of sweat, and it is the Texas game. I mean, right now, as we're recording, Tulane is beating Kansas State 17 to 10 with less than five minutes left in the fourth. Like Kansas State is good, and no, I'm not saying that they stink. Tulane is also a good team, so they shouldn't be looking, they should not have been looking past them if, if Kansas State did, but Kansas State looks a little bit easier to lose after today, or a little bit easier to beat after today. Sorry. Texas, depending on their quarterback situation, if Quinn Ewers is back for that game, that game is going to be very difficult. We'll see what happens tonight versus uh, UTSA, but I'm still, Texas is really the only game where Oklahoma may drop it, and it would be because we're playing a good team rather than drop it because we didn't show up. I don't think this team will ever lose a a game because they don't show up and they're not motivated. Venables will not allow that. For sure. I think I had a little bit of worries going in this game because we're so scarred from having teams not show up for games, and that's what we've grown accustomed to over the last decade, I'd say, arguably towards the end of Bob Stoops' era. I mean, we would we would just flop, and then Lincoln Riley continued that, and total different culture, total different, um, you know, what you know expectations are for Oklahoma. Um, overall, I can't complain. Um, you know, we'll go more in depth on Monday's Monday show. Do you have anything to add on this game? Overall, can't complain. Three and a quarter of the way through the season, three and a, and we're perfect. Four and zero, here we come. You can't be twelve and zero unless you're four and zero. True. That's the fact. And I tell you what, this three and zero feels totally different than last year's three and zero. So yeah. pretty excited. So um, made it this far. We appreciate it and glad you liked the video. I hope you liked the video actually. So you hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, turn the notification bell on. And as I said at the top, let us know what you think about this game. And you can be entered into um, for some tickets. Couple couple tickets we're giving away for the Kansas State game. Uh, that'll be announced on Monday's episode. So be sure to comment what you thought and your opinion on this game. Overall, I would imagine that most of the comments are going to be positive coming from Sooner fans. Granted, we might have some trolls show up, uh, but like the video, subscribe to the channel, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and Apple and Spotify. Everything's linked below, and uh, we'll catch you guys Monday.